Welcome to the fourth Mother Box. I am your co-host, Tom Oakery, and joining me as always from hailing from the, again, mask-mandated city of Chicago, Illinois, um, although Kyle doesn't reside in that uh, shithole of a city anyway, Kyle Cosentino. Kyle, how the fuck are you today? Yeah! I am great. <laughs> Excellent. And yes, I, I live on the outskirts of Raccoon City. I mean, Chicago. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You know, you're on the outskirts. You're you're away from it. You you, you don't have to worry about uh, everything that happens in there. Although I would love to be in Chicago tonight with our buddy Joe Miller. Um, shout out to Rody Joe. He's at AEW. I think it's Rampage tonight. And there are strong, strong rumors that CM Punk is returning to pro wrestling for the first time in like, uh, I think it was 2013. Shit. 2014, something like that. So. If that happens while we're on the podcast, I might break the news. I, I told Joe to text me, so minor. Didn't we, minor see, didn't we see him? Were you with me? Yeah. Like when be, before he got big, we went to some like wrestling show in Crestwood. It was like some not backwatery, but it was like some local wrestling, and we saw him. I remember he was like CM Punk, right? The, the Lunatic Wrestling Federation, um, aka the LWF, which was the it started out as a backyard wrestling federation that CM Punk started with his friends and his brother. Uh, long story short, CM Punk, uh, you know, or LWF made it to like into you know the ending independent wrestling, and got pretty big locally. It got really big, and uh, some big names, you know, made it pretty far in the in, uh, indie scene. And CM Punk made it all the way to the big leagues with WWE. So yeah, you are one hundred percent correct. Wow. Well, that's pretty crazy, you know. It's like you well, don't know who's right in front of you. Right. Think about it this way. Do you, you remember we saw you know CM Punk wrestle in a gym, right, in Crestwood? Or I think it might even, might even been Midlothian. I don't know. Crestwood, yeah. Midlothian, something like that, Illinois, suburb of Chicago, maybe in front of maybe 50 to 100 people maybe. And then um, when I actually first moved to Arizona, Kyle flew out like a week or two later, and we went to the Royal Rumble that was happening in Phoenix that year and saw – CM Punk main event with none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So that was pretty badass to see CM Punk go from LWF to main eventing with the fucking Rock. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable, right? Right in our own backyard. It's crazy, but I hope to see him come back. But we've got a lot of shit to talk about um, today. And um, we teased it a little bit. You know, we've got some news to go over. And we teased it just a tad uh, and I want to kick off today's conversation about the best thing going for comic book on TV right now, and that is Titans. So let me let me rephrase that. The best thing going for a, a comic book franchise, and it's being owned by DC right now, I'll, I'll go, flat out say it, Titans is better than What If. It's better than Superman and Lois, which I really like, um, and it's better than any Marvel TV show that's been put out there thus far this year. Hands down, that, that includes WandaVision, that includes uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so, Soldier and Loki. Would you agree, Kyle? Remember what I texted you earlier about Titans? I think, it, what did I say? I said, Titans is so good this, this year, and which was kind of unexpected. I, I kind of forgot that it was releasing. But Titans is so good this year, it just takes a big fat shit on every other superhero TV show that came out this year. I mean, like a big steamy dump. Um, so all you Loki fans out there, 
you just can't deny it. Go watch Titans. You and and if you don't agree with me, then you're gonna get a frosty of the face. I will waste a frosty on you. <laughs> and beware people who who don't like swear words and people who might get offended by the f word and and consequences happening. Titans is pretty rated R and it's pretty for adults only, right? If you're 18 or over, uh, you know, have at it. But uh, Titans is pretty fucking epic, and I think that's you know it lends itself to. Uh, a great show and what makes that show really well done are the consequences that they live with and the fact that they you know you you take it to the real it feels closer i mean it's not real life they're dealing with aliens and they're super boy and you know people are coming back from from life or are coming back from the dead but what i'm saying is like it feels a little bit realer right and you can connect better when you know it's rated r and they can they can stretch the the content a little bit more because you can connect more with like people's deaths actually happening and you know a little bit more feeling with with being able to say a word that you might not be able to say if, if it's pg-13 don't you feel that right don't you think it's just a just makes it a tad better that it's rated r i think most dc com uh content does a lot better when it's rated r i mean i think marvel can do really well when it's not I mean, that's the one thing that they've consistently shown, except for, you know, Deadpool, because Deadpool needs to be rated R. And if if you're listening, Disney, which you probably are, if you make Deadpool 3 and not make it rated R, you're going to get a frosty to the face. That's just I'm just going to keep going with the frosty (laughs) to the face. I feel like it's probably the most insulting thing that one can do to another person. I mean, if you waste a frosty. On another person's face. I mean, they have got to have done something really, really terrible. Wouldn't you agree? I would absolutely agree. A frosty is a delicious treat, especially in the hot summer month of August. You want to relax with it. You want to you want to chill out, dip some fries in it. Maybe I've never been a fan of that, but I know people are. I don't know why people would do that, but it's something Mike probably does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he neither does. here nor there. <laughs> neither here nor there. But yeah, why waste a frosty on? you know on on somebody unless they deserve it and it's it's these people who don't don't agree that titans is the best thing on tv right now um or think that marvel um is doing better with the tv shows and i'm just gonna flat out say it i don't care anymore i don't care about toting that line titans is better than all the marvel shit on on tv hands down hands fucking down you know the marvel tv show stuff you know i'm not gonna say that it was bad because it's not it's been consistent it's been good but it, it's not been anything like, wow, that was epic. It, it, there's a little bit of staleness to it, and I can't really put my finger on it. Again, I'm not saying that it's not entertaining, but there's just a staleness to it. Uh, Titans just seems fresh. It's, it, and I really believe that the next coming years is really going to be all about the DC wave. I mean, Marvel kind of had its heyday, and... and I think it's going to start fading out of the spotlight, especially if they don't give us a goddamn Spider-Man No Way Home trailer soon. Did you see? I saw a news story. I didn't. I didn't click on it because it was pissing me off. But it's like Kevin Feige confirmed that the trailer will come out before the movie releases. Well, no shit, the trailer's going to come out before the movie releases, for God's sake. But just give us the fucking trailer. You know what's there? I I think, and I think you mentioned this a show or two ago, and I'm super scared. I don't care about Venom being pushed back three weeks. But I really would hate if they pushed Spider-Man No Way Home into next year. Just, just come on. You know, people are going to see this movie, pandemic or not. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to make a note to really start looking at, researching 
how well movies did on HBO Max versus like Disney Plus, because I'm I feel like I'm not hearing any complaints about any of the movies that were released, like the big name ones like Wonder Woman and uh, Suicide Squad and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, are are these movies really losing money? I mean, I would have to assume that they are because you just can't expect that with everything going on that people can act normal and go to the theater and all that other stuff. I don't know. You're right. But you're right. Really interesting. And I I hate I hate pushbacks. I fucking hate pushbacks. Oh, my God. Like, don't do that to us. The world needs Spider-Man No Way Home. People are hurting. People are dying. People are depressed. Give us fucking Spider-Man for the love of God. You know, this is crazy. And I never thought a movie would be more pushed back than Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice was. I remember that was supposed to come out in 2015. Then it got pushed to like July of 2016. And then thankfully it got moved up to March of 2016, which eventually came out during. But I'm just I'm with you, man. You know, I hate the pushbacks. You know, the Batman has suffered because of it. Other other DC projects have suffered. The Flash has suffered heavily because of setbacks. I think there's a lot of writers and director issues there. But uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, it's something that's that's we're all excited for, right? It's going to be like the Flash version of the MCU where everything's supposed to get turned around. Loki set it up. They're supposed to knock it down. And No Way Home comes out, or it's supposed to come out before Multiverse of Madness, right? What was, uh, say that again? Uh, the Spider-Man No Way Home is supposed to come out before the Multiverse of Madness, correct? Oh, yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home is supposed to be December this year, so we're supposed to get it in, like, a couple months. Three That's months. That's right. Four months. Oh, Christ. This is crazy. This is fucking crazy. Well, thankfully, thankfully, Titans released their trailers on time and delivered and said we'd be coming out in august and they released their first three episodes and spoiler alert we've we've given you enough time to watch these episodes people um so they dropped their first three episodes so you just want to dive right into them kyle sound good just just talk about these episodes one through four so far we we could probably talk one through three uh just because i think four kind of changes direction a bit and it just came out so i might want to say like give people a chance to watch it and I really think our thoughts and focus should be on episodes one through three because they they really like knocked it out of the park with this these first couple episodes. That is fair, and I'm I'm totally agreed with you. So episodes one through one through three, which you could have watched immediately a week ago last Thursday, I believe that was the twelfth or the thirteenth, something like that, dropped on HBO Max. So absolutely adore and loved these episodes so right from the get-go right you've got jason todd in the bat cave he's found the joker he's calling bruce wayne up right away and he's like i found the joker i got him i got him you know the police are there they're suffering but i got him i can get to him and bruce he's on a plane somewhere flying and he's telling jason to stand down not to do it you know for for whatever reason he's very calm and collective about it which is very stoic and broody of bruce wayne but um tells him not to do it and then jason walks over to like this section in the bat cave inhales this weird orangey gold substance that we don't know what it is uh he, he inhales it and then suits up and then we find him at this abandoned amusement park and he is just ripped just like it's ripped out, right out of the comic book pages jason todd is beaten to a bloody pulp by the joker with a crowbar so you know kyle so- i 
Yeah, go ahead. What do you think that is that he huffed? Because I I was wondering about that, and I have a few thoughts. I mean, it seemed maybe similar to, maybe it's like a aerosol version of, I don't know, the, uh, um, maybe like Miracu, uh, what is that, Miracuru? Remember that when they talked about that in the arrow or oh. it's kind of like that's what Deathstroke took. I don't remember if they huffed it or they ate. I think it was like something that they huffed. I forgot what it was so long ago or maybe something. It's like an aerosol version of the Lazarus pit. I mean, it's not it's not entirely unheard of. I mean, there was an episode of Batman Beyond where they they figured out a new technology to make Bruce young again. And so maybe it's utilizing some of that, uh, the effects of that to maybe like enhance one's abilities or something like that. But mm. I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder, or maybe it's Titan, you know, um, Titan on Titan, you know, like Bane's Venom. It very well could say. be. It very well could be. I have, I've got a bit of a theory that, and I, I'm specifically tiptoeing around it because I feel like episode four solidified my theory a bit. So I don't want to be too, too spoilery with it, but I think. So we already know in the first three episodes that Jonathan Crane, who is in currently in Arkham Asylum, is being used by Barbara Gordon, who's the commissioner of the Gotham Police Department. Yes, that Barbara Gordon, former Batgirl. She's in a wheelchair. And it was confirmed on the show that Joker shot her right in her spine and crippled her. And you actually caught this, Kyle. She does have one leg, right? Yeah. I, you know, that's that's interesting. I, I'm kind of like going to be interested to see if they actually delve into that a little bit, which I would hope. I would hope so. I mean, you know, we know that they're, they're not going to show really too much of Batman or the Joker for that matter, which it's really hard to accept. I get it. It still doesn't mean I don't want it. But maybe there'll be like a like a flashback or something like that. Kind of like how they show Jason Todd being beaten to a pulp. You don't really see. You see kind of like the cameras kind of maybe 20, 30 feet away. And you can see the backside of Joker, but you can't really see his face. You hear him laughing a bit. Um, maybe we'll get something like that. So I actually... So I have the answer to why Barbara Gordon has one leg. Oh, uh, S S Savannah Welch is the actress that plays her and legitimately has a prosthetic leg on her right, her her the right side of her body. So it looks like they're just they're just rolling with that with the actress. So they they couldn't have cast a better person for this role, if you ask me. So she doesn't she doesn't have either legs, or is that that just one prosthetic leg? It's just one prosthetic. Uh, it looks like her 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 full right leg in the picture I'm looking at right here. Wow. You know, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool that they did that, that they went like authentic. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think she's she's she looks she's great for the part. Yeah, um, it looks like if I'm reading correctly, she was at a farmer's market in 2016 uh, with her father and four year old son in a vehicle hit her. Doctors determined the impact injury sustained to her right leg was beyond repair, resulting in amputation. So, wow, it, it didn't happen that long ago. That's crazy. Man. That's rough. Well, yeah. I guess, you know, it's better to survive than not to, right? 
That's right. And she's still thriving and she's obviously found a role that suits her. I like her. I like this Barbara Gordon. I like this yeah. Barbara Gordon. She's obviously prob- trying to she's trying to be like a better version of her father, um, but at the same time not not to fall into the corrupt hands of Gotham City. Yeah, and I'm sure you're probably happy that she's at least somewhat ginger. <laughs> I was gonna get to that. Yeah, thank God. Jeez. It's about time that they keep a ginger. Or they're at least close with the Batgirl, you know, you know, downing the red hair. And I hope we see, I don't know about you, but I would love to see some Batgirl flashbacks in Titans. That'd be cool to see her suited up. Yeah, that would be cool. And I bet maybe we'll get some snippets of that. But, you know, and even more so, it would have been cool to kind of see her join the Titans. I don't know if she's ever, like, officially been a part of the Titans, but I would imagine somewhere she's probably, like, at least teamed up with them at some point. Well, I'm sure of it. And yeah, that'd be cool. And and maybe there was uh I mean, obviously we'll see, we'll see if she's in the flashbacks, we'll see her fight along the bat family. So maybe she's fighting along Dick with Dick Grayson and, um, and, uh, Batman himself. But yeah, it would, it would be cool to see her and like, uh, you know, uh, Dick Grayson, Robin, like back on an old, Maybe it was how they caught Scarecrow or something. Maybe the two of them caught Scarecrow together. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I want to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. uh, I just speaking of the Bat family, I wanted to rewind uh, something I forgot that if you blink, you'll miss it. Did you know who that was in the in the opening scene? Like the kid on the bike that was um, uh, delivering for his family's restaurant. I I don't even remember that scene, to be honest. It's okay if you if you if you blink you'll miss it. So the, I'm pretty sure they opened Titans with this scene. Like they were they were talking about. Um, wait, no, this was this was after after Jason Todd got beat, I think. Okay. Or 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 right before I don't know. It, they both of these scenes happened simultaneously. The the cops rolled up on this kid, who he's like. 17 maybe 18 oh yeah okay yeah i remember this yeah remember he rolled up on him he was he was delivering for his family's restaurant he was he was talking to that merchant and then they right. they, they they got a call that jason todd was you know getting beat by the joker so the cops said go home kid it's not safe so he goes back to the restaurant and that's when he fi- he sees on on tv that robin has been found dead and then as they pan out uh, his father or his mother, somebody calls him Tim. So do you know who that's going to be? Tim Drake? You got it. That's our Tim Drake. It, was that confirmed? Yeah, I, I'm pretty positive that it, that it was. I mean, they wouldn't have called him Tim and showed him so prominently in that scene if that wasn't going to be Tim Drake. I mean, it, it would certainly make sense because in, in kind of like the order they have come out, the Robins anyway, um, I think sometimes this gets a little mud, muddied up, too, because then Damien enter, enters the picture, and then it's like, anyway, like ages I, and timelines, it's always... <laughs> I wanted Damien Robin so fucking bad, because I love how much of a snob he is. Like, I, I mean, he's such a trained, skilled assassin, and we know Rachel Ghoul is uh, canon in this Titans universe, because he was mentioned in one of the Titans episodes. You know, that... I would be really shocked if that doesn't happen because he's a part of the TV show or like the animated movies for that matter. And I, and I believe the Titans, uh, well, the animated movies, the Titans animated movies, and then the, the TV show, I believe he's a part of it as well. 
he fits in with this crowd and it would you could really see a good dynamic being played off of him and Dick Grayson. So um, and even Bruce Wayne, for that matter. I mean, he's old enough in the show, it looks like. So bring us Damian Wayne. Speaking of Robins, um, and if you blink, you'll miss it. Did you see the Carrie Kelly reference? I did. I did see that. I remember that. That was cool. Yes, it was. Um, and Tim Drake might have been in the list of Robins that are potential Robins that Bruce had. So what if you guys are unaware, if, if you don't remember from watching the show, um, Dick is this is after Jason died and Dick is trying to find Bruce and he eventually finds his way through Wayne Mansion. Uh, and into the bat cave and then he's looking in the bat computer and he's scrolling through and he finds a file of like these just young children like teenagers and and with like their stats next to them and he's just paging through like a big file and one of them's carrie kelly actually the first one i think is carrie kelly so that's a nod to the dark knight returns um one of kyle and, and, I's, she, was, and she was ginger too i believe she a hundred percent was and she was exactly ginger in this show so again titans knocking on the park being being comic accurate with their gingers right so if they ever bring edward nigma into the scene you know the riddler oh my god you know it's gonna be like off the off the charts accurate <laughs> that would be kind of a cool villain to bring into this universe i mean i think it would it would work really well really you know any of the batman villains would work really well and i'm excited to see it. i love the fact that scarecrow's a part of this this uh this series or this season. And I just have a sneaking feeling that he is playing everybody. And maybe, uh, you know, I, I definitely can see him suiting up at some point. Mm -hmm. And I, so, I hope they do him well. And I, and I haven't really been disappointed with the costumes thus far, other than maybe, you know, like I mentioned, Jason's Todd's helmet. I, I don't like the eyes as much, but his body armor looks fucking perfect i mean everything else is like spot on so again like this this show is really knocking it on the park in a lot of different areas mm -hmm. so let's let's that's that's i was kind of poking around my non-spoilery thought about what that substance was and so it'll kind of it kind of leads into and i'm going to stop here but i want to and and i'll i think you'll understand what 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 my prediction is of what that substance is because I want to talk about Scarecrow. I want to talk about Jonathan Crane in this show. And that's really all more I'm going to say on that since we're not going to talk about episode four. Because I would give some away in episode four. So you had made mention Jonathan Crane. Like we, we had talked. He's in Arkham in the first season. And Barbara Gordon tells Dick Grayson. We've been using him as a consultant. Jonathan Crane. And right away Dick is like, you've been using fucking Scarecrow as a motherfucking consultant? Like, like what the hell? He's insane. And I think... Uh, the actor who they chose, he's, he's, he's knocking the role out of the park. He's knocking Jonathan Crane. He's doing really well. Um, I'd almost like to see him ditch the beard if he breaks free or if he gets away from Dick, um, just to kind of see that, you know, you know, stereotypical Jonathan Crane slash Scarecrow character. And I'm with you. And I told Courtney when, when we were watching episode four, I said, I hope to God he gets a chance to suit up this season and we get to see Scarecrow because that'd be so good. So what are your thoughts on this character in Titans, Kyle? Um, are you enjoying it? Are you meh about it or do you completely hate it? I, you know, I'm, I'm happy thus far because Scarecrow is one of my favorite Batman villains. I mean, nobody will ever top the Joker, of course, but we're going down the chain and we've talked about this, you know, our favorite Batman villains before. 
I I love Scarecrow. I think he was such a great addition in Arkham Knight. That was like a great villain to add to the end of the game. Um, he made the stakes like really high and the consequences really high. So I, I really hope that we get to see him full form. And I and I bet we will. And I, I it's like waiting for Michael Keaton's 1989 Batman costume uh, suited up, you know, for the Flash Flash movie. Um, I'm I'm excited to see his costume. I, I can't wait to see it. Me too. And I think this Jonathan Crane, who I can't wait to see him in the Scarecrow outfit as much as I can't wait to see Keaton back donning the bat outfit or the bat suit. I think this is a really good modern take on who Jonathan Crane might be in 2021, right? If you think Titans is modern times, this is somebody would see, you know, a, a marijuana obsessed psychotic PhD, <laughs> right? Uh, because he he won't talk to Dick or he do, he doesn't talk to Barbara unless they toss him a little high grade THC um, into his weed, which he has Jonathan created admittedly in the show just says because Dick calls him out for it and is like this is kind of slow for you or, or this is kind of low for you right and talking about the marijuana because it's practically illegal in almost every state in the U.S. anyway so he's like, this, this is kind of low for you and Jonathan said no it actually it helps it slows my brain down so which is kind of funny it, it, it just goes to show how much of a thinker how much of a true psychopath that jonathan crane is so he's doing this this role extremely well and i can't wait to see as i've loved the evolution of this character right i've loved where he's gone um, i've loved every interaction that they've had thus far in those first three episodes it's very it gives you an uneasy feeling and that's exactly what you want out of scarecrow you know what's interesting though he he really hasn't talked about fear, which is such a big part of who he is. I mean, he's obsessed with fear in the human mind, and he really isn't talking about it. Because if you look at any other iteration of Scarecrow, he uses fear as a weapon against people. Um, and, you know, again, it's like when he's not using it as a weapon, he's like in his like dialogue, he's always talking about like, you know what I mean? So you're really yeah. not hearing that obsession from him, which is interesting. And I and I think again, this is all going to come out at some point. And you know, he's he's going to be full form. Um, he's he's just biding his time. He's he's got to be playing them, playing everybody. I mean, that just seems like the natural progression, anyway. Yeah, he's really not talking too much fear. You're right about that, but it could be because he doesn't have any of his fear toxin to help push that along. So he has to rely on his brain. Oh man, I I hope I can't wait for that to happen. He, I want him to dose somebody. I want him to suit up and just fucking gas somebody. That's gonna be badass. Yes, it will be. So, uh, so, so Jonathan Crane, he's he's a consultant, right? And we've we've met Barbara Gordon here um, in the first episode. You know, Jason Todd dies by the Joker's hand, and then Bruce loses it. He absolutely loses it after he has a meeting with Barbara and Dick. Uh, they go to sleep at night, and then Bruce comes back, wakes Dick Grayson up, drops a bloody crowbar on the floor, says a couple of words, and basically just tells Dick Grayson, be a better Batman, and then he leaves. So I want to ask you about this. You know, how did you feel, or how do you feel about, now, I know how you and I feel about Ian Glenn. He's, he's a good actor, but he's just not right for Bruce Wayne. However... How do you feel about this Batman, like this Batman 
killed. Like he broke his, he, he went over that line and he killed the Joker and he disappeared. Like he, he broke. What are your thoughts on that? You know, it's not the first time we've seen him kill the Joker. I believe he he did that in the Injustice comic book storyline. It wasn't in the beginning because Superman kills him in the beginning, but there's like a there's like a scene later on where Batman either goes back in time or something happened. I forgot it's how this works. It's a dream. It's a dream. Yeah. Okay, so um Yeah, you know, I'm not as like really conflicted about that. I think it makes sense because his moral code of, well, of like not killing people just doesn't make sense with the Joker. Even as like Batman under the red hood, as Jason Todd explains, like he's not talking about Two-Face or Scarecrow or Penguin. He's talking about specifically the Joker who's killed all these people and goes into Arkham Asylum, gets out, does it again. And and then Batman goes on to say, you know, it's it's not like he hasn't fantasized about killing him and, and th- thought about subjecting him to every torture that he's done to other people. He's like, but if he goes down that path, he'll never return. And that's that's what he talks about in that in that uh, great scene in Batman Under the Red Hood. Now here. I mean, it it makes it makes sense. I mean, we've seen Batman kill before. And if you really just like think about it, it, it really does make sense that Batman eventually kills the Joker. Because if you think about it, like he, he, that rule that he has of no killing makes sense. But for like normal criminals, but Joker's far beyond normal. I mean, I don't know why anyway, like the state wouldn't decide he is a major threat to society. We need to execute him. I mean, I think if this was the real world, that's where society would come to. Because let's face it, mental health intervention is not going to help this man. This man is beyond crazy. He's killed millions of people. Like, I think Gotham would have decided a long time ago to kill him. And if they didn't, I I could see Batman going down that path, especially when, you know, he kills one of the one of his like, quote unquote, uh, sons. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in the tremendous guilt that Batman takes on, I mean, he blames himself for his parents' death even. And he, he takes that, you know, far into his grave. So it, it again, it would make sense. But it's it's controversial. And, and I think that's good storytelling is that if it makes sense all the time, then it's not a good story. But if you make it controversial, people will talk about it. People will debate about it. And that's, again, that's why I like this. You know, it's it's good it's good content. It's not cookie cuttery. It's not straightforward. It's not predictable like some other things that I won't mention. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what do you think about it? I'm, I'm more on the side of being okay. I'm good with it. But at first, it was like I had to talk myself into it. But I had to talk myself into it because I'm, you know, conditioned to be a Batman fan to the point where, okay, Batman doesn't kill. So when you see Bruce do this, when you see Batman do it, it's almost like you have to rationalize it a little bit, right? You have to rationalize it. Like, just like I had to rationalize Ben Affleck's Batman doing it. And now I like, I completely understand and I'll sit there and defend it tooth and nail. Like I have before on many a podcast. So this, this works. And if this gets 
this probably gets Ian Glenn, you know, less and less on screen. So you and I won't have to worry about that iteration of Bruce Wayne and being feeling gross about that. But again, I'm always in support of more Batman mentioning. But um, so now he's. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say he's off on a he's off on on an island somewhere. Um, he'll, he'll probably come back, especially if Damien comes into the picture. I think Bruce might come back. Uh, will he stand trial? Maybe, you know, because that's how weird society works. You know, Joker killed all these people. Um, but then Batman, Bruce Wayne kills one person then he has to be taken to jail for it. So, but I well, that's a, if people know that he's actually Batman and, and as far as I know, nobody knows that he's Batman. Hmm. You know what I, I mean? You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because they just said, I think I remember hearing them talk about the news after the fact that just was like, oh, you know, Batman disappeared after, after killing the Joker because he was Batman when he killed the Joker. So so the one other thing that I'll mention about that scene is that it, it doesn't really make me as conflicted, too, because we don't really know those characters. We don't know their history. I mean, certainly you have the comics and other iterations of it, but we don't really know the Joker in this world or Batman that much for that matter. So when he comes walking in and says he killed the Joker, it doesn't really have a lot of weight to it. I mean, if if we knew who they were, then I think, you know, maybe I'd feel more conflicted about it or differently about it. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard. I get that. But but then again, you don't necessarily need that with those two characters. You have Batman and the Joker. Ninety nine percent of people are going to know who you're talking about. So, True, you don't. but, you know, it's like that build up and every story is different. It's kind of like you look at Christian Bale's Batman or Michael Keaton's Batman or Ben Affleck's Batman. The story is so different there. And you almost can't just like and this was like my thing about Justice League when it came out. It's really hard to just push characters into a film together without really giving you know at least a uh, one solo movie kind of like what they did with the avengers that made sense i think what wb wanted to do was they wanted to do it a little bit differently and i get that process but you know you give a chance give people a chance to get to know these characters because you've seen many iterations of all these characters not really aquaman i would say or cyborg but the other ones you have. But again, like you don't know their chemistry. You don't know their motivations or their backstory. I think it just goes better like that, personally. I get so that. So like if they, I... did, they did Justice League 2 now, they'll, they'll be like a Flash movie. There was a Superman. Um, you know, I guess there's semi a Batman movie. Uh, they, they should really do that, though. But, you know, you'll understand like who they are and where they come from and why they're doing the things that they do. Yeah, there'll be, you know, to your point, Aquaman 2 will probably be out already, which, by the way, sounds like there's going to be a lot of horror horror involved in Aquaman 2, which I'm sure is right up your alley. Do you think do you think Amber Heard is going to take a dump on anybody's bed in this in this movie? I've heard uh, per source that she's already taken a dump on everybody's director's chair. So, um, oh, wow. Wow. yeah, yeah. Marking her territory, I guess. I don't know. Doing doing Amber Heard things, but Johnny Depp is still still out of work though. That's that's so, truly a so fucking we should, shame. Uh, we should say Black Manta, look out because uh, Amber Heard is coming um, for your bed, and she's gonna leave something you won't like. So look out. <laughs> uh, Mara comes back. 
to Aquaman underwater and Aquaman's like, I thought you were going to lure Black Manta over here so we could fight. And she's like, no, I took care of it. I just took a dump in his, his little sea, seabed and he's, he saw it and said he never wanted to fight me ever again. So maybe she dumps takes 20 minutes. Maybe she, instead of not like, maybe she doesn't dump in his bed. Maybe she dumps in his helmet. I mean, that would make more <laughs> sense because it's an all powerful helmet and it doesn't look like it's too easy to put on or off. And so if he put that on and, he would I'm definitely just, not be happy. <laughs> I'm just imagining. Hold on. Here's what I'm imagining. Okay. So Amber Heard's Mara takes a dump in Black Manta's helmet, right? Um, which is going to be the title of this episode, by the way. Um, Amber Heard takes a dump in Black Manta's helmet. <laughs> it's going to be the title of this yes. fucking episode. Um, so I just am imagining that. And then Black Manta putting it on. And then he goes to shoot the like the eye beams. And then just shit comes out. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's just so funny to think about. Oh. And then Jason oh. Momoa's reaction to that. <laughs> There's shit everywhere. And then Bob Saget, for some reason. There's shit on the walls. There's shit on the coral <laughs> reef. There's shit on the whales. I laugh so hard at that scene that just. There's shit on the whales. <laughs> this whale has shit all over it. <laughs> And then it pans to fishermen catching fish out of the ocean, and they're just pulling up turds. They're like, get shit! Look where all the fish! <laughs> Some... Ah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I I feel like if if that doesn't happen in that movie, I won't like it now. Right. It's it's right itself. So get on it, Warner Brothers. You want to be more like Marvel? Poop jokes it is. <laughs> yeah, I was I was completely wrong. Well, maybe we'll say this. If you're going to do poop jokes, this is how you do it. Exactly. You, If you're going to do poop jokes, Amber Heard has to shit in Black Manta's helmet, and he has to fire a shit ray out of his eyes. A shit ray. Shit. <laughs> I can't. Oh, it's, it's, it's too good. We were talking about Titans, right? How the hell did I get on Aquaman? Um, I talked about horror. Oh, no, no. We were talking about yeah. Justice League, and I said, I, I said you'll have Aquaman 2. Because we were talking about how, how we thought about Bruce Wayne's death. Yeah, ultimately, I'm fine with it. I'm great with it in this universe. Both, you know, Batman is gone on another island and the Joker's dead, right? So this is focusing on the Titans. And I think you you make a really good point that Scarecrow's playing everybody. And we're going to find out his grander plan. And it's going to be something that we haven't seen coming, right? And there's going to be more and more consequences. Because to... to you know, and we, we have more to talk about. So to, to try to wrap up Titans, you know, speaking of consequences... Hawk. No. Oh we, yeah, yeah. We yeah. gotta talk about that part. Wow. We do. So, so we know we know the Red Hood. He's he, he's established. He came back. The Red Hood came back, or he he appeared rather, and he appeared. He like ripped right out of the fucking comics when he dropped the duffel bag with the mafia leader's head on it, and they opened it up. That's right out of Under the Red Hood. Like I, oh my god, so fucking good. How yeah. they did that, and he was picking off people from the top. So he's there. He's established. He's the, the town's number one new criminal, and he's got people on the payroll. He's fucking with people. He's abducting their children to get them to do things. And he's got everybody wearing red hoods, just like the Joker did early in his, in his career, which they uh, Dick Grayson made mention of in one of the episodes. So we know who the red hood is. If you know DC, you know who the red hood is. So he's at this. He's Jason Todd turned. He's badass. He kills people, right? He fucks them up. So Hawk is retired. 
in the first couple of episodes. Uh, Dove is still doing her thing. Hawk and Dove are not together. They're, they're not an item. But Hawk is retired. He's a police officer. Um, but he still has the equipment. Um, when all shit breaks loose and uh, they find out that the Red Hood is Jason Todd, they call Hawk, get him to go to Gotham City so they can use his help. Um, he gets lured basically into a trap by the Red Hood. He gets a bomb implanted into him. And this is the most fucked up part, right? So the Red Hood, you know, sets a bomb that's basically counting down heartbeats. And Dick tells every member of the Titans what to do, what the, what their part is to try to save Hawk. You know, he's got Superboy working on. And, and, and the craziest part about this is this bomb is Wayne Tech. So it's practically impenetrable. So it's Wayne Tech. Uh, which they haven't explored more of, but I think they're going to. It's like, why was why did Bruce have a bomb like that? Uh, but anyway, so it's Wayne Tech. Superboy read the manual like super fast, and he was trying to find a calculation, a way to disarm the bomb without killing Hawk. And you were getting down to the wire. There's like 100 beats left. While at the same time, Dove you know, takes it on herself to go fight Red Hood on her own. Um, but little does she know she's being lured into a trap. Nightwing is essentially tracking one of the two of them and he ends up at the barn that they're at and Dove's holding a gun. Um, Cause when she asked, when she, when she approached Red Hood, she asked, where's, where's the detonator? And he said, your, your detonator's right there. And it ended up being a gun. So Dove was like, what the fuck? He gave me a gun. You know, am I, am I going to have to kill you? And he's basically what, what Red Hood said is you're going to have to kill me to get the real detonator. And he's got the, de- he's got a detonator in his right hand. So then we're counting down. There's like five beats left or t- 10 or five beats left. And then Dove and Nightwing is there and he's telling her, don't shoot him, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. And she clicks. She shoots, but there's no bullets in the gun. And then Red Hood so slyly reveals that she held had the detonator the whole time. So Dove was the one who blew the fuck up Hawk back at Wayne Mansion. Um so that's crazy, man. Uh, when I like, like when I, when I processed all of that to think about like Red Hood set it up to have Hawks like love interest kill him, and it's just mind boggling. And that's that's like textbook Red Hood. It's it's crazy. And I just want to say one more thing about that scene. Thank God, Cryptos, the super dog, was okay, and and he walked out unscathed. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. Like at least at least Crypto was okay. But even even then, like crypto would probably would have been able to take that blast, I would imagine. Because right, he's, yeah, he's Kryptonian DNA too, right? I mean, he is. Yep, he was he was experiment experimented on just like uh, Superboy was. So this is this is excellent writing. This is brilliant, really brilliant writing, and you you feel the weight of these decisions. It's not just something where it's just resolved by the end of the episode. I mean. When I was watching that, I was thinking the entire time, like, they're not going to kill off Hawk. That's not going to happen. They'll figure it out right at the end. And when she pulled the trigger on that gun and he blew up, I was like, holy fuck. I could not believe that they did that. And again, it's like, you know, if Game of Thrones have taught us anything, and I know you don't really, you haven't watched Game of Thrones, but killing off somebody, you know, you it it adds it adds like serious consequences to the story you feel the fear of the world like you you know that like it's not like a black widow movie where 
you know, if somebody points a gun at, at Black Widow, they're gonna, she's going to be fine. This ain't that. This is real world, real consequences. So anybody can die. And when you write a story like that, it's more engaging because you actually feel fear for these characters that they may or may not survive. And that's what makes it good writing. Like, again, you're, you're not really going to get that in a Marvel film. And I think that's where they suffer. But again, I know that maybe that's not their way of writing things. But again, it's like I go back to the Infinity War. Brilliant, brilliant movie. Probably one of their best, best written. Like at the oh, end yeah. with this Thanos snap, I, I don't think you can make a better movie than that. Um, but it just undercuts it just a little bit by like bringing everybody back, you know, and not really killing off anybody and i and i feel like i just read too that uh heimdall is still alive as well i mean everybody's still alive like i don't think anybody uh, truly died in Infin infinity war and endgame um you know robert downey jr is coming back i don't care what anybody says he's coming back like it's gonna happen so you're anyway right. yeah off on a tangent but if he doesn't like that's that's a brilliant beautiful death like it's still some of the greatest superhero movies that may, uh, maybe of all time, maybe that ever will be. But so You're right. um, I'm excited, you know, to kind of wrap up Titans. I'm really excited to see where the rest of the season goes, because we know this is all going to be all about a uh, scarecrow, which is interesting because I thought it was going to actually going to be about Blackfire, but you know, maybe a little preview into this, the fourth episode, it really didn't, explore that much at least i don't i don't get the feeling that she's going to be the main baddie i think scarecrow really is the big bad of this of this season yeah and i like that they're doing this i like that you know starfire's got her own thing going on too with uh, beast boy um obviously they'll all come together and we still have you know yet to be introduced to Raven at this point. So, and the only mention that was made of her is that she's off on some Island trying to resurrect wonder gal or Donna rather. So we'll see. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm thrilled every Thursday when these episodes drop, it's like must see TV for me. So I love it. I love it. This season so far has been my favorite and I, I hate to call on recency bias, but I don't think that's at play here. This season is really fucking delivering. It really is. And I think, again, it goes back to that formula that I talk about. When you make a good, when you add a good villain and you add like real consequences, real stakes. I mean, that's that's a great, it's a great story. You know, it proves for good television. And uh, last season was good. Deathstroke. We got Deathstroke last season. The one before that, it was Trigon. And this one, this year is, is Scarecrow. I, I would, I would bet anything that next, next year is going to be Rachel Ghoul. Ooh. It's gonna play. That's gonna play into that storyline beautifully with oh, Damian yeah. Wayne showing up and everything. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be so cool. I'm, I'm sure we'll see Talia involved. Maybe we'll get Bruce back. Um, you know, we haven't seen Catwoman or anything yet. They could obviously bring Catwoman into the fold. So we'll see. We will see. But Titans is is good watching. If you haven't seen it yet and you listed all these spoilers, still go watch it. It is excellent. We there's a few things we haven't been able to, you know, haven't talked about. So so what if, right? What if Marvel, you know, would had consequences like Titans does? Um, but I specifically said what if because I wanted to segue into talking about Marvel's what if episodes one and two. 
that have dropped the past two Wednesdays. So um, you're you're up to speed on what if, correct? I am. Okay. So uh, we talked about the first episode last week, and which I finally got a chance to watch, and I'm in agreement with you. I, I I thought it fell a little flat for the first episode. I would have flopped them. I I don't I have no idea why they didn't do this. I have no idea why they didn't, they they had an opportunity to 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 throw T'Challa as Star Lord out there as your first episode to say here's Chadwick Boseman, you know, reprising his role, which is an episode they dedicated to him. You could have struck really emotionally with your fans, with your crowd, because that episode is ten times better than episode one. Episode two was so much better. Um, the story was different, just like you had made mention the first episode. Um, it was interesting. You know, it made sense with everything that had happened. It it had a good ending to it, a really feel good ending. With and spoiler alert, but uh, whatever, it's Marvel. I don't care about this at at this point. <laughs> um, but uh, spoiler alert, you know, T'Challa reunites with his family. So, uh, what did you think of of the episode first? Before we get too deep into episode two of What If. Uh, are you want me to comment on the second episode? Yeah, because we, you know, we, I know you, you commented last week about Captain Carter just basically following the same script as uh, their first Avenger, right? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I thought this was like a really great change up um, because I, I like Peggy Carter. I like Haley Atwell. I think she's, she's a brilliant actress. She's, she's absolutely gorgeous. Um, She's never not been interesting to me. I just feel like if they had just written a different story, it would, that would have been so much better. Like, don't, it was just like copy and paste. You know, it's like, um, this episode was very different. You know, they did really did a good change up. Like you kind of didn't know what to expect. Like the opening scene was kind of the same of the first guardians of the galaxy, which makes sense. But T'Challa knocks it out of the park and Chadwick Boseman uh, voice. I'm so glad that they got him to do that before he passed away because it does kind of get you in all the feels. It really does, and it it's like a really it was a really interesting and fun storyline. As a matter of fact, I would have preferred that lineup as the Guardians of the Galaxy than the actual Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I mean, that was yeah. a lot more fun, and it's kind of cool to see Thanos as big bad villain kind of not be so big and bad. Like he's just kind of. Um, he not. I mean, they kind of talk a little bit about how he's a genocidal maniac, but not too much. And he's he kind of is like his power down, and he's a little bit different. He's um, mad. So it, yeah, he's mad. Um, so I thought it was it was fun. It was interesting. It was a good story. I I hear that next week episode, um, Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa is going to be a part of it as well. I don't know if he's going to be the main focus, but I know he's going to be a part of it. So I'm really. Glad that we'll get to see at least one more performance from him. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that they dedicated the episode to him. Uh, oh, I thought yeah. that was, I, I thought what, you know, I thought was kind of funny is that Denai Guerrera, who plays Okoye on, on the show, she's, she's also Michonne from the walking dead. And she, that's where probably m- most people know her from. She had like one line and at the end, and I was kind of a little bit bummed about that, but, you know, even still, like I think, great. I'm I'm glad that uh, they did really did good fan service here by getting probably like 90% of the actual actors to voice the characters. So I'm glad that they did that. 
Yeah, that's so fucking cool. And just like you said, um, I'm, I'm trying to find out what episode three is going to be to see if T'Challa is going to be in it. He, he, didn't he reprise his role um, three times for this series, or is it only twice? I don't know. I, um, I I just remember reading that he will be a part of next week's episode. So okay. um, maybe, hopefully, as many as we can get, right? Yeah, as many as we can get. And I just saw, I, I think it was leaked, but it was for a promo, I think. It's a little spoilery what episode three is going to be about, and I just saw it, and it sh- it should be pretty interesting. I th- I think it'll be pretty good. It surrounds a very popular villain in the Marvel universe, so I want to go back to Thanos. Uh, I love I-, I don't get me wrong, I really like seeing him as a Ravager with the crew and with T'Challa as Star Lord, who I think just like you said knocked it out of the park. There was something that just l- left me feeling a little icky about that Thanos. Because I thought, and I think this is, was my own personal preference. I, I for, first off, Josh Brolin. It was so so great to hear him as Thanos again. It was so fucking Absolutely. good. I, yeah. Absolutely. It was like when I when I saw him, his name in the credits. I'm like, oh shit, Thanos is gonna be in this episode. Like I got super pumped for it. Um, and the fact that he was a Ravenger, um, I thought Nebula's character was really cool. <laughs> that she wasn't torn apart and she was like kind of herself. Um, but Thanos, I thought after a comment that was made in the episode, like he was going to end up being the big bad and not Tavarin the, the collector. Um, I thought Thanos was like going to turn on them. I thought Nebula was going to know that her father had was up with something because, you know, they kept talking about how uh, star Lord got him to realize what he was doing was really genocide. And he didn't to, to not snap away half of the universe. Uh, again, don't get me wrong. You know, Thanos was a lot of fun in this episode and he was still his big badass self. But I just oddly, and I don't know why, wanted a little bit more genocidal and mad Thanos. <laughs> that's what it's just. That's what I've grown to love. Is is fucking weird as that sounds. Maybe we'll get it. Still, I mean, I I don't know if this what if is like like just one iteration of the multiverse or like a number of them. So are they all connected? I mean, I don't know if you do you know are they all connected or is it just no. random stories? Random stories. Every single branch that we see is, you know, a different timeline because there's just like the Watcher, who's played by the admirable Jeffrey Wright. The Watcher says, you know, just one decision is made, you know, just like Peggy Carter decided to stay down on the floor and the Ravagers accidentally um, abducted T'Challa instead of Peter Quill. So those things are what create the alternate reality, and those are different branches, right? So Peggy Carter, as far as I know, Peggy Carter's timeline did not mesh with the one we just saw in episode two, just like episode three will be different. However, at the end of the episode, when we did see what Peter Quill was up to, he was working at, I think it was Dairy Queen. Is that right? He was mopping up a Dairy Queen, I think. Yeah, listening to his headphones, and then Ego showed up and said, hello, son, which was reprised by... Um, oh my God, why am I forgetting? Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah. Christ, why the hell was I forgetting his name? Yeah, Kurt Russell reprised his role. So we're gonna, we're obviously going to get more of ego. I, I don't think they brought Kurt, Kurt Russell in just to say like two lines. Um, and Jeffrey Wright's The Watcher did mention, he's like, more on this later. So I think we'll get more of this timeline or this story. Maybe maybe that's where we'll get T'Challa to, to uh, reprise, the, or Chadwick to reprise T'Challa's role for a third time. That'd be cool. 
if we saw more of that with the ego. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think uh, anybody will be taking a dump in somebody else's helmet in this What If series? Well, this is Marvel, so we've had Star-Lord thus far. Nobody took a dump in his helmet, and uh, Peggy Carter didn't wear a helmet. I don't know, maybe when like we eventually see Loki, somebody will shit in his horns, and he'll put it on, and it'll seep down his face. <laughs> or Iron Man. I feel like that would be a good opportunity. That'd be a great opportunity to do that to Iron Man, so... Uh, what if, you know, I'm, I'm entertained by that. I am. I'm, I'm entertained by it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, in fact, well, I don't know. There's only been two episodes. I'm enjoying it. I'll just say that I, there, there isn't anything I can necessarily slice and dice up too much outside of that first. They, they should have swapped episodes. Episode two should have been what you, you rolled the show out with. It just seems weird, right? Like, why wouldn't they want to put Chadwick Boseman you know, right up front and say, we miss you. Here's the series and the show is dedicated to you. I don't know. It just feels weird. Yeah. Well, maybe they thought like first Avenger has to go first, I guess, because it's the first one, you know? Yeah. But it, it makes sense, though. Like, I get it. They should have definitely started with that one. But you, you know how Marvel fans are like they just don't like anything you put out there. So. I do. Just like us, we like anything DC puts out there. Um, well, well I, I don't know. We've been fair about DC. Like we, we have we definitely like haven't pulled our punches with it. So yeah. I know I haven't. Speaking of DC, Superman and Lois wrapped up this week. Have you yeah. been able to catch the finale as well? I did. I did catch yeah. the finale. What are your thoughts? I thought it was a good season. It was a good, solid season. And, um, you know, it w- it didn't drag a lot. It didn't it didn't like break any barriers or change any like you know change the game or anything like that. But it was still a good watch, and I feel like they wrapped it up pretty nicely. Um, you know, I mean, could it have been like more? And did I want a little bit more in the finale? Yeah, of course. But I think I thought it was I thought it was good. Was there some inconsistencies? Yeah, of course. But again, I think. We're getting introduced to these characters. Like, I, I thought everybody played really great. John Henry Irons' addition into the cast, you know, that's and him as as Steel. That was such a good add-on into this show that I I didn't even know about going into it. Um, his the fam the focus on his family is really good. I I think everybody plays a good part and. I don't know how many seasons they're going to do of this. I know it's been greenlit for a second season. But um, for some reason, I have the feeling that it's not going to go that many seasons for some reason. Just because it seems like the CW shows, again, is is like on their way out. Yeah, and if it's anything like all the other shows, like Flash and Supergirl, you know, by its fifth season, it's going to jump the King Shark, so... Give us four solid seasons and just wrap it up. You know, there's there's a lot to explore with Superman. Um, this the the you're right. The season was pretty good. I was very much entertained with watching it. I I started with it a little bit later than everybody else, uh, but I'm glad I caught on to it because it it ended up being you know turning into must see TV every week with Superman and Lois. But the finale, I was pretty excited. You know, there there were some things in the finale that I left up to desire, like the end with. And spoiler alert, but it's out there. The end with uh, Steele's 
daughter who he thought he lost just randomly showing up uh, at the end of that episode after they defeat Morgan Edge after they uh, you know restore balance and Smallville is back to being you know a quiet town and everybody knows everybody and that one guy's back in the fire department uh, and with Laura Lang's Lang's husband and their family everything everybody everything's all hunky dory and then she just all of a sudden this pod lands and you're like shit another Kryptonian and then she gets out of it uh, which is just so fucking random. Um, it's 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 a nice cliffhanger, right? Because that means we're going to see more steel. Where you know we're going to get more of him. But I almost would have liked like what's season two going to look like villain wise? Because you've wrapped up Morgan Edge. You know, there's there's nothing more left of the Eradicator. There's nothing more left of trying to bring Kryptonians to Earth. Right? It's time to move on to your next thing. I'd almost love to see. Well, Brainiac was in Supergirl, right? No, uh, not that I no. No, he was not. No, I didn't, I didn't watch the last two seasons. I, I watched like half of I think season five, and then I just I gave up. <laughs> Why the fuck did I think I like? I felt like I remember seeing. Brainiac. I don't think that. I don't, I'm pretty sure that Brainiac was not a part of that. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Maybe they could use Brainiac for Superman and Lois season two, but. Superman and Lois, the, the, the last two episodes were, were good. It wrapped up that season very well. You know, there, from time to time, you get your typical CW acting out of those out of those actors. And, and the actress that plays Lois Lane, uh, when she was screaming at somebody or screaming for Jordan, I, her, her forehead vein was scaring the shit out of me. Uh, she's got to get that checked out. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I digress, but yeah, it was it was a really good season. I enjoyed the finale outside of those few nitpicky things that I had, but it's good. You know, binge it if you haven't and you're listening to this. Binge it. It's on the CW app. It's a it's a bingeable worthy show. So, those are my last thoughts. Any last thoughts on Superman and Lois before I mention a couple of uh, James nope. Gunn things? Okay. Um. So James Gunn is speaking of Superman. He considered Superman as the villain for the Suicide Squad movie, uh, but Warner Brothers wanted uh. And I'm sorry, I should say and outside of him wanting Superman to be the villain for the Suicide Squad, Warner Brothers originally wanted the Suicide Squad to be PG-13 first. And then Gunn said, nah, I'm good, fam. I'm not going to do it unless it's rated R. So they conceded and said, nope, you're good. So so two things here. We are getting a video game uh, next year, maybe the year after. Who the fuck knows? I feel like video games are, are like always delayed, pandemic or no pandemic. So we're getting a continuation of the Arkham universe with the Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. And you basically have to be fighting a turned Superman among other heroes in the Justice League. So James Gunn's ver- reasoning for not using Superman is kind of a sad one. He just basically flat out said, you know, I don't know who Superman is. You hear all these different things and I don't know if it's Henry. I don't know if it's, you know, the Superman series that's being developed by Michael B. Jordan, or I don't know if it's the one being done by J.J. Abrams production company. So many different just uncertainties, I should say. So it would have been really cool to see like a turn Superman for the Suicide Squad villain. Obviously, it, it would um, it would especially if it was Henry, it would have meshed incredibly well in the Snyderverse, however you wanted to do it. Um, and again, I'm so, so, so happy that this movie was rated R because it was allowed to do so many more different things than a PG-13 film could have done. 
Yeah, I I would never want like the Suicide Squad versus Superman. And I think I mentioned that last time. I think that would be kind of like a poor use of Superman. Like, give us Man of Steel 2. That's I want Man of Steel 2 or another Justice League. Yep. I, I think yep. Suicide Squad's too fun and yeah, too fun of a movie. And Superman's a bit too serious. It just wouldn't make sense. Um I and I and I still go back to what I said last week: Suicide Squad versus Deathstroke. That would that would make sense. Or um, I mean, there's there's a lot of other characters that you can use. I, I definitely think any Justice League member shouldn't be a part of it, though. You're right. You're right. You know, especially unless they have to go in and try to help the Suicide Squad. Like, uh, is it Assault on Arkham? That uh, great animated uh, DC movie where Batman kind of teams up with the Suicide Squad a little bit. Yeah, yeah, oh, he does. Such, such a good ass movie. So so good. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I wouldn't want to see, uh, the Suicide Squad take on like anybody in the Justice League. I like the way they did it with Starro. Um, I like everything they did, and so happy that they kept it rated R. So we should be hearing less and less things die down with. Um, the Suicide Squad, as we get further and further away, almost a full month. Well, it's, this movie's been out a couple of weeks, so we should hear less and less. Um, I know it did really well on HBO Max. They claim it underperformed at the theater, but again, pandemic and all, people are scared to go out because scary Delta variant, and blah, blah, blah. So what people aren't scared to do for the upcoming 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, um, which is 30 minutes just south of me here in Orlando, Florida. Thank you very much. Um so Disney, and you and I talked about this a little bit, Disney is, you know, almost every day it feels like there's more news coming out about the 50th anniversary for Walt Disney World. And they're still rolling things back from when they had to shut down both parks. I'm talking about the Disney World, Disneyland, when they had to shut down due to the pandemic. So Walt Disney World obviously has been open much longer since the pandemic um, started than Disneyland was. So Disneyland and Disney World ditched their FastPass systems when they brought that back. You know, Disneyland had MaxPass, Walt Disney World, which you paid for, and Disney World had the FastPass Plus, which was included into your theme park admission. So Disney Genie is going to be, is something that they announced and they expanded a hell of a lot more on. Um, so Disney Genie is, uh, Disney Genie service is a great new offering designed to make planning your best Disney day at Walt Disney World Resort or Disneyland Resort, making it much easier. Um, it's all coming this fall, they said. So what was included with talking about Disney Genie specifically was this lightning lane fast pass for both Disneyland and Disney World. So I'm looking up to get the details to talk about this this lightning lane stuff, but if it's anything like Disneyland's Max Pass, which is what I'm thinking that it's like, um, it's going to be okay. I want you guys to just just to tell you guys to 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 calm down a bit, right? Okay. First off, you should. Well, well, first off, let me let me read exactly what this Lightning Lane is real quick, so so we can get into talking about it because I, I am I am really wondering to hear your thoughts. So. Um, you're going to get itinerary updates from morning to night. You can find your favorites at a glance and enjoy more flexibility for fun in this Genie Plus thing. So this Genie Plus service, which is going to be available for purchase. This this is the part people are bitching about high on the Internet. So for a price of $15 per ticket per day at Walt Disney Resort and $20 per ticket at Disneyland, 
Choose the next available time to arrive at a variety of attractions and experiences using the Lightning Lane entrance. So, which is essentially Fast Pass, Fast Pass, and Max Pass. That's all it is. But now they're calling it Lightning Lane, which is fine. It's very Disney. Um, you can make one selection at a time throughout the day from classics like Haunted Mansion to thrill rides like Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and newer favorites like Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. And it says attractions are subject to limited, limited availability, which it always was with Fast Pass. If you don't get a Lightning Lane, just get in standby. This convenient option is the next evolution of a fan favorite Disney Max Pass service from Disneyland Resort. So I was right when it came to that. It's an evolution of the Max Pass service. And coming from somebody like me who's used both FastPass Plus and MaxPass, I've told I've said this before, I've told my wife countless times, I prefer Disneyland's MaxPass service over Disney World's FastPass. Because with Disney World's FastPass, you can only have three at a time, and then you might be able to get one at a time after you use up your three. With MaxPass, you had unlimited you know, selections throughout the day, basically. You pick one, you do it, you can pick another one. You pick one, you do it, you do another one. You pick one. An hour goes by. You could pick another one before you do the other one. You know, you, you're given. You could. God, I, I could essentially do ten attractions on that max pass. So if 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 it's anything like that, it's going to be worth the twenty dollars that you pay it in California versus the five dollars less you have to pay in Florida. Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder why you're paying less in Florida, Kyle. Do you know why they might be paying less in Florida than they are in California? Hmm. Well, the uh, going back to. Shitting. I mean, people shit on the ground in California. <laughs> That's like an acceptable thing that they do out there. So maybe the uh, extra charges for like the people pooping. <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed in Disneyland, but maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that. That's OK. Um, so I believe and I, I wanted to see this uh, look into it a little bit more. Yeah, this individual attraction selections now this part i still am thinking on because this part is this this is stealing or not stealing this is ripping right from what disneyland paris has done and i don't know about this so this individual attraction selections available for purchase so this is again you don't have to purchase an extra ticket to get on the ride this is to get into the lightning lane so it says, schedule a time to arrive at up to two highly demanded attractions each day using the Lightning Lane entrance, like Seven Dwarves Mine Train at Magic Kingdom Park and Radiator Springs Racers at Disney California Adventure. Pricing for this option will vary by date, attraction, and park will be announced closer to launch. Um, and it says attraction and park and will be announced closer to launch. So I don't know what that means. So it's like rides like Seven Dwarves Mine Train aren't going to be in that Genie Plus but you'll be able to pay at that time to get the lightning lane. So what, what what's that price going to look like? If it, are we talking $20? That's still kind of a lot of money to jump in front of a line. That's, that's the part of this that I'm really uneasy about because you're already spending money out the ass to get tickets and you're staying at a resort and you're buying food and you're buying lightsabers and you're buying everything else. And now you have to, purchase you know on top of the genie plus you have to purchase something else to get on the highly demanded attractions i don't have a problem with genie plus i completely anticipated the max pass service to make its way over to disney world eventually i did but what i don't like is the adoption of what like disneyland paris is doing so like if i want to get to the front of the line for rise of the resistance now i gotta pay what 50 fucking dollars because it's the best attraction you've got 
I don't like that. I don't. So, so Kyle, go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts. You, did they say how much they're going to uh, charge for the premiere rides? No, not yet. They said they were going to announce that closer to the launch of Genie Plus. You know, I, I could see some of the benefits of this. I guess, you know, it's just going to be one of those things that I, I'll have to experience and then make an assessment about. Because I honestly, like, I felt like the way it was run before was perfect. I thought it was like one of the best systems in the on the world. I don't know why other theme parks haven't adopted that. So it'll be interesting to see. And I, I never feel like we wait in line. I mean, other than maybe last year when they didn't have it and um, during the pandemic. Right. But again, it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't, you know, do you ever feel like every time we'd go, well, when we were there in 2019, when it was kind of like, I feel like we got on everything and we didn't really have any issues, right? Like we got on everything and it was fine. We did. Um, we did get on everything. Yeah. We got on rise of the resistance our second day. Um, well that, no, that was 20 talking 2019. So that was before galaxy's edge opened. Oh, duh. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah. 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 2020, even then, like we were, we still got in everything. I mean, there was nothing that really wasn't available. I mean, that's kind of a different time though. Cause during COVID, right. Right. But like if we kind of rewind before that, yeah, I don't know. I don't see like any. I don't see why they had to change it. I mean, maybe you know, I trust in Disney. Disney's Disney just does everything better. Like they do the food better, they do the park experience better. I mean, it's really just an amazing experience. It even just I'm always impressed. So I'll wait and see. And I, I yeah. know that this is gonna you know they're they're gonna blow us all away with this. So. I hope I, I, I am. I do share your concern about that. Like, I don't want to pay 50 bucks extra just to go on Rise of the Resistance. Like, nope. Don't make me do that. Yeah. And I'm very I'm very optimistic, uh, just like you, when it comes to what Disney's going to do. You know, a little bit. Can't, I, I can't help but feel like it's a tad bit of a money grab, especially with that premiere access to those highly demanded rides. But I'm I really like what you said wait to experience it ourselves and then I can judge it. That's exactly what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to do the same thing when I go on Jedi talk tomorrow night, because I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about this and I know what Brad never going to are going to say. Um, but I'm going to be the optimistic one out of the three of us. So I completely understand. Um, so they're going to so, be against it. I, I think, I think Brad's going to, Brad's going to, and I could be completely wrong. I, I, I think just because it's more, it's you're spending more money, right? You know, and they've also been APs for a longer time, so they've been through experiences like this. They've seen upcharges for things. They've seen price changes, and it's like Disney just—is this Disney a way for their recouping because they're they're getting a lot of canceled uh, parties because their mask policy, which they just adjusted, by the way. Again, did you know that? So they went back to masks indoors and in a, in queues. So when like Courtney and I went to Hollywood Studios and uh, Magic Kingdom these past two weeks. We had to wear masks inside and uh, in like attraction queues, even if the queues were outside. Now, Disney just now they don't require masks outside or they don't ask for masks outside. They don't. um, And now they just reverted back to say, okay, outdoor attractions and theaters, um, you don't have to wear masks there just inside and on transportation. So 
And this, I believe, is a direct response to their pocketbook hurting because people are canceling because Disney went back to masks indoors when the CDC gave their guidance, not requirements, their guidance. So Disney is in, they might think that there's a money grab here. I'm talking about like Brad, Evan, or really anybody else who's upset about this. They might think this is a money grab for Disney trying to recruit for these losses, right? Just make your fucking masks optional like Universal is, okay? And Universal, I I love, I applaud your decision. I do. You recommend to wear masks, um, but you still leave it optional. You know, we've we we don't necessarily talk about it too much, um, and, and I'm not gonna go past that. But but you leave it optional, and I appreciate the choice. I really do. And it's up to me, and it's up to everybody else to be personally responsible about our health and safety. That's why I exercise six times a week. So, and by the way, I don't know if, I think I told you, Courtney and I are officially universal um, APs since they're the only ones selling new APs, um, but the rumor has it, we might get APs for Disney World at the end of next week. We'll see. But, um, you know, if Disney just were to do it like that, I don't, I, I don't, I think more, they would get more people driven to the park and they wouldn't have to try to recoup their money in ways with this extra fast pass. So that's why I think you they know, wouldn't like it. Let me say this is that when we went in 2019, that was probably my favorite time. Uh, my favorite my favorite trip to Disney World because we were there for probably the longest I've ever been, like the whole week, and it was just yeah. so much yeah. fun. And it was free and clear of like any, you know, dangerous, uh, you know, viruses floating around and no masks and the weather was great and it, and it just was full capacities, full on Disney experience. And last year... And even though uh, I had my issues, <laughs> more than a few issues. Did somebody poop park, in your helmet? Uh, well, it's, you know, metaphorically speaking, kind of, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I got to We gotta, I gotta definitely tell the, the, the Disney story at some point. Maybe not today. Maybe not today. But anyway, I'll just say this. Like, while I had a good time, there's just something about wearing a mask at Disney World, and I know they're just doing the right thing. And in in the restrictions, they're all they're they're following CDC. They're they're keeping it open, but there's just something about restricting it that is just it, it really hurts. You know, it really just it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't. It. I mean, again, I'm not saying that they shouldn't do this. I'm just saying like. You know the world is in a bad place when when you go to Disney World and it just doesn't feel the same. Like it, the, it just seemed like some of the magic is taken out of it. And maybe I sound like a, a five year old child as I'm talking about this, but I don't know. No, when you no, when you I compare both experiences, it just it's a fundamentally different experience when people are telling you how to like how to dress and where to stand and and you know to wash your hands and you know what I mean. It's like yeah. It just this is a place where it's supposed to be a vacation from from the uh, from life, basically. Right. So right. I, I long for the day that I could walk through the, the doors, the gates at Magic Kingdom and 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 just not be muzzled or be like like scanned by any temperature monitor or or, you know, ask for my papers like it's 1939. Uh, <laughs> And I'll, and that's where I will stop before I go on a, on a rant. But I, I'll just say that that I long for that day. Everyone, listen to the Scott Ford show on YouTube. 
Yes. Listen to the Scott Ford show. He'll 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 expand more on what I mean. It's yeah, it it, it could be confusing, right? In when you say, you know, you're going to Disney World, you're going to Disneyland to escape reality, you see masks, you're still reminded of reality. And I, I, I don't blame Disney for one yes. bit for doing it. I get it. I completely understand. I don't agree, but I understand. That's okay. You know, to, to quote the Bad Batch, just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I don't understand. You know, uh, or however uh, Tech said that. It was something like that. Great quote. But it's, yeah, it's a little confusing when you think about it. Um, you know who's confused? Michael Keaton, <laughs> he's confused. Michael he's Keaton very is, confused. Very he's confused. Conf- he's confused about the multiverse in both MCU and DCU, the, in the DCEU. Um, plus, he's wrapped up his The Flash filming, um, which is very exciting. Do you think we could be getting, uh, before we talk about his confusion in the multiverse, do you think we could be getting a, a preview of what he, uh, him in the suit anytime soon since he's done? <sighs> I I need to see it. Just like I need to see the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, I need to see him. The world needs it. Like, the world is hurting right now. Give us Michael Keaton back in the Batman suit, for the love of God. Here's here's a good question. Just like we do with when we talk about Metallica albums. Like, what will happen first before the next Metallica album? What will we get first? The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer or a peek at Keaton in the Batsuit? Well... On a side note, we know we're not getting a new Metallica album any soon, so. I'm going to yell so many things at Lars and James and Kirk and Rob when I see them the four times I'm going to see them this year. I'm going to yell at them until they fucking tell me when the next album's coming out. And I want a written fucking statement from Lars. Signed in blood, Lars Ulrich. Signed in blood. Tell me when the next album's coming out, goddammit. I mean, they don't have an excuse this time. They really don't. Because every other time they're always like, well, we have these festivals, and then we're doing a movie, and then we're... Well, that's know. the thing. Now they're touring again. They're doing Rockville, which is... I'm, I'm going to in Daytona Beach. Then they're doing the 40th anniversary show that you and I are going to. They're doing other festivals, I think, in Kentucky and you know states that aren't, aren't requiring you to, to show that you've got a jab in you. That <laughs> ah, Here I go again. Um, Watch so, it. Watch it. Yeah. We don't want to get yeah. censored. No, no, I don't. I don't. We want to get flagged. Um, I don't want to get flagged. Oh my God! Did I tell you what happened to my my tattoo artist Scotty Rich? Um, he he's got he's got a um, he changed his business. Uh, he doesn't tattoo anymore, but he changed his business. He he makes like he's a he's a federally licensed firearms dealer and and custom, he makes like custom art on firearms essentially. Um, I believe wow. he does a lot. I believe he does a lot more than this. But everybody check it out. Ronin Arms on Facebook, and I don't know if he's on Instagram, but I know he's on Facebook. But I want to mention Facebook specifically. His page, if you were like somebody new to go like his page, got labeled as sensitive content. Like if you go to the page and like it, and he screenshotted it, and he was furious about this. And he said he's like a page labeled as sensitive content. So that's what what I'm afraid the fourth mother box is going to eventually become is labeled as sensitive content. (laughs) It's like, can you believe that? It's like the dude is just trying to make a living. Uh, Yeah, I don't – they should really put – you know, if they're making that sensitive – putting a page like that is sensitive content. They should put that on like the sign as, as you're driving into Chicago, because (laughs) I mean, you think that's, that's bad. I mean, watch the news on any given night, especially during the, the, the summer months in Chicago, you're going to see quite a bit. And you know what? Nobody's really going to make a big stink about it because apparently we just don't give a shit here. So 
We don't care about when our citizens kill each other. That's right. You heard it right here on the Fourth Mother Box. If you come to Chicago and watch the news, you'll hear about it for like 30 seconds, and then we'll just move on. So uh, hey, get a little political. Little, get a little political tonight, but uh, yeah. So anyway, little, it, it's as long as Beetlejuice was happy with the way Lollapalooza uh, came out. It's all okay, Kyle. It's all okay. Speaking of Jabba the Hutt, um, not referring to my governor, of course. I mean, uh, I actually, yeah, I am referring to because he looks just like Jabba the Hutt. I'm going to say that. He looks, <laughs> I mean, he does. And if he you does. if you like flag me for that, put us side by side. They look similar, and they act similar. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what the an unholy fuck? What in the unholy fuck did they name? Boba Fett shipped the fire spray for What the fuck is that? That's not oh, even for... a Star Wars name. If they're going to no. rename it, like, so, give it like, like, I don't know, the Fett one or something or something Star Warsy. Like, uh, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, what the I, fuck like, is that? That I, was horrible. I, I mean, I know it's just a ship, but like, seriously, that, it's like they didn't even try. It's like. Like some executive was walking out at the end of the day and like somebody else said, like, hey, what are we going to name Boba Fett ship? He's like, I don't know. Fire spray. (laughs) Fire spray. It's like so many bad things I think of when I hear fire spray. Um, And now what I'm hearing and what I'm reading is it (laughs) might be the model of the ship, but I haven't confirmed it yet. Um, But it's still if you're going to name Boba Fett's starship but you could have just left it the what lego called it and called it fucking boba fett starship if you were so offended by slave one and uh, boba fett was a slave he was kind of a slave he was made to be an exact copy of his father without being you know genetically engineered like the clones were um so he was kind of a slave boba or jango fett was kind of a slave too to the to the kaminoans um it was jango fett ship so you could call it slave one i mean uh, (laughs) Are they going to censor Leia, too? I mean, you know, I think I actually had, like, an action figure where it said it. she was dressed as, like, you know, she was slave Leia. I mean, are they going to censor that, too? Uh, they might. I mean, I know there's a black, I think there's a black series figure out there with slave Leia, and especially vintage collection figurines that um, I would collect and when I have many of. Uh, but I don't have a Leia. Oh, no, I have Leia. I have Leia on Hoth. Um, I don't have Leia on... Um, no, I don't have slave layout, but I'm getting I'm getting off the beaten path here. <laughs> but yes, yes, I mean they would have to go back and essentially change that name. But she was literally a fucking slave of Jabba the Hutt, like literally, it's the definition. Maybe they should call Boba, Boba Fett uh, ship uh, helmet shit one. <laughs> shit, shit helmet one coming in. Can I land? No shit helmet one. There's a little shit on the. There's a little shit on the deck. Like, so what, what, you want my ship to land? No, there's shit on the deck. We promise, uh, uh, um, I did not get drunk before doing this podcast tonight. I just, maybe Tom did. uh, No, I didn't get drunk. (laughs) I didn't get drunk. (laughs) And I'll just leave it at that. Um, did you hear Robert Pattinson only is earning $3 million for the Batman? What the fuck, dude? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I'm a big Batman fan. If somebody said we will pay you in punches to the face to be Batman on screen, I would be like, I would happily take every one of those punches to the face. So you would. I, I, I would. I mean, true. Yeah. And three million dollars. I mean, I know he's a big name actor and blah, 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 blah. And, and maybe I don't understand, like, 
you know how money works in hollywood and i know that like you get money from you after the film um does well and stuff like that so maybe there's something like that that goes with it but i don't know it seems weird to me and i i don't like hearing some of the negative stuff coming out of this film and i i'm again i they're not going to ruin it for me they could say whatever they want they're not going to ruin it for me so no yeah, this is going to be an epic, an epic event. I can't wait for that sequel trilogy to come out. I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's kind of weird, uh, especially for a big name actor to be playing such a prominent character to, I mean, $3 million. I could find a lot of things to do with $3 million. But in the acting world, to only get $3 million, it seems a little weird. So I think there's probably a lot on the back end. And I know some of our fans on Facebook was were mentioning the possibility of their producing credits on here. So. Anyway, we'll see. Um, well, we'll as see. long as if, if if Robert Pattinson's happy, then I'm happy. So, yeah, he obviously signed on the dotted line. So, real quick, a couple of DC hits. Two things: Ray Fisher again has come out in the news. He's publicly said to do anything to do another Justice League movie or a Cyborg movie with Warner Brothers. He's willing to do it. He wants an apology from Warner Brothers from the head on down for the way they botched the Justice League investigation. So, all I want to say here is first hashtag release the release the air cut and you know we on this show me specifically i'm talking for me but we on the show do support ray fisher and uh, you know I, I i want to see him vindicated right Be, just because i want to see more cyborg i don't want him to grin and bear it just to take a payday i believe in the man's personal convictions i don't necessarily agree with everything he says on twitter everything he says on the internet but he he was obviously treated like horseshit uh, by Warner Brothers and Justice, or Justice, Joss Whedon and, and company and Jeff Johns and everybody who treated him like crap. Like, just give him an apology. Like, it's not oh, it's not wrong to admit that you were wrong and just work on it from there, Warner Brothers. It's just for Christ's sake. Uh, and the second thing there I wanted to say, and then but, and I'll turn it over to you. Um, this is something that you actually clued me into uh, for last bit of DC news. The, Danny DeBito, he's writing a Penguin comic for DC. Is that right? Yeah, he is. And uh, his his penguin, actually. Oh, fuck yeah. That's so Which cool. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. Um, again, like another staple in Batman's history. I I hope, you know, it would be kind of actually cool now that we're talking about it. Like, maybe getting another cameo from one of the, a character from that series. I, my vote would be Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. I was, yeah, I was just going to say that. Yep, I 100% and, and, would. And and mostly too because if you've seen her in Ant Man and the Wasp, she looks amazing. I mean, I think she's in her sixties, but she looks she looks absolutely uh, fabulous. Not that she would have to look great to be Catwoman, but she she could easily still be that part perfectly. So it would be cool to see. Like I think it would just you know if I could really just you, you know uh, squeeze as much as we can out out of that. Like that's that would be my hope. If not her, I have I have two that I'd want to see. Um, one very fast. Well, it, it, it'd be impossible because I think the actor is deceased, but uh, the actor that played Alfred um, in those movies. Um, yeah, he's I, long I just, yeah, I assume he's deceased. So maybe so maybe not that, but that'd be like a dream scenario. Um, if not, I'd want to see Billy D. Williams reprise his role as Harvey Dent. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I, I was just, um, oh, I forgot I was telling this earlier too, but I was talking about that, how cool it was that they, um, 
Oh yeah, I was talking to my dad about this. It's like they they made the Batman nineteen eighty nine comic, and Billy D Williams was reprising his role, and he was actually Two Face in it. Yep. Exciting news about Batman eighty nine that just shipped today, so that should be coming to me soon. Well, we'll definitely need to hear your thoughts on that, and I, oh, I'm I, definitely going to pick that up too. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. If you can't find it, I'll send it to you, or when you come visit, because you're you're asking to be coming to Disney soon. I don't care what you say, um, so you'll you'll be out here. You can definitely read it. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's you. You don't have to do any forcing whatsoever. <laughs> I'll drop everything and go right fucking now. That's right. Oh man. So close. Uh, the 50th is going to be lit. Um, and we're going to be talking a lot about the 50th, actually, uh, the closer we get on this podcast. It's we are Disney buffs. There's going to be a lot of news coming out around that stuff. So as much as I can get my hands on, the merchandise is pretty fucking cool. Uh, Courtney and I picked up uh, two, the 250th shirts. and um, I like the color. I like, I like everything schemed about it. The Magic Band looks pretty good. So lots of exciting stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, one exciting thing is the Kenobi series is done filming. This is the series, uh, the Star Wars series that's coming up. We're, we're getting a slew of them in 2022. We're getting so many of them. Um, but Kenobi is the one I'm looking forward to the most, I think, specifically, because we're getting Hayden Christensen back as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. So, Kyle, I know you're you're growing as a Star Wars fan more and more, but are, are you pumped for Kenobi? I am. And, y- you know... My recent run through of the most recent trilogy is, is just really, you know, increased my my love for this world ever more. And I think there's still a part of me that just, you know, can take or leave some Star Wars. But I don't know. I think sometimes you just need to watch it a couple times to really get into it. And it's kind of like a fine wine, as they say. You know, it may not taste great at first or may, may it might taste kind of good at first. But the more you kind of indulge in it the better and sweeter it becomes. And so I think very much this is what Star Wars is for me. I think they've done so well with the movies and the TV shows up to this point. And really, they haven't done a lot with the TV shows. So, I mean, but the Mandalorian is, if if Mandalorian is a preview for anything else coming out uh, live action wise, uh, ah, man, I can't wait. I think it's going to be. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're really gonna feast next year. So it'll be a miracle if we if we ever leave our houses with everything that's coming out uh, next year. So <laughs> yeah, and it's all gonna start with Book of Boba Fett, which is coming out December of this year. And December is not far away. It is not fucking far away. We're almost into September. So Book of Boba Fett's gonna kick it all off, and I can't wait for that. So Kenobi's gonna be good. I hope we get a lot of tie-ins. We're going to Ahsoka, Andor, Kenobi, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, it's going to be great. Eventually, Acolyte. So, um, speaking of The Mandalorian, we're getting the behind-the-scenes episode of the finale of Season 2, which featured one Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. That drops this Wednesday, August 25th. I cannot wait for this, and I'm sure you're right there with me. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I actually just saw a video of him, like a behind-the-scenes video of him uh, filming that that incredible jaw-dropping jaw-dropping scene at the end of Mandalorian season two. And I I didn't know that was actually him. I thought it was just him voicing it, but he actually showed up and he was like he did the part as Luke Skywalker, which makes sense. But let's face it, he's not like the same body shape <laughs> as he used to be. That thing that he's no. overweight everything, but 
you know what I mean? It's like you, you get older, like you, things kind of like, you know, you know how it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just seeing him as Luke Skywalker, it just, man, it gets you in all the feels. Like, I, I don't care. if Even if you're not like that big into Star Wars and you watch that, that just, it kind of gets you in the feels a little bit. So it's it's great to see stuff like that. And I'm glad that they are doing that. And I feel like, you know, how long did it take them? So it was like the 70s is when the first uh, three movies came out, right? Yeah. It's like the late, late 70s, late early 70s. 80s. Yeah. And it took him like what thirty years to come out with a sequel. It's like it was just untouchable until then. Practically about like twenty years. About yeah. I mean, they just for whatever reason, I, I they, I know they were clamoring for it, and the prequels came out, and then uh, once Disney bought Lucasfilm, that's when they decided to do the sequel trilogy. So, can you imagine if they kept going with it and like they did this? What they're doing now, like all the stuff that you would have. Up to this point. Man. That'd be insane. That'd be insane. But I'm excited for the future, too, of Star Wars. And many people might not agree with this or might not like hearing this, but Star Wars is in the very capable hands of Disney, okay? They've got almost unlimited funds to do what they want to do and give us the best. Star Wars is thriving because it's 2021 and they're owned by a company like Disney. I will just say that. You know, it's funny. It's like it seems like th- these big worlds – there's only three really big worlds going on right now. Well, then um, I think Lord of the Rings is coming up, too. But you think about like Marvel's doing something like this, DC's doing something like this, and then obviously Star Wars. And then I think Amazon, Lord of the Rings, I heard they spend an unbelievable amount of money on this TV series. So I can't I even begin to imagine what this is going to be like. And Lord of the Rings is something, you know, that's always been kind of lower on the totem pole for me. Not saying that I don't like it. It just it's never grabbed me like some of these other franchises that we've talked about. So uh, my hope would be that they they would do this with Harry Potter, because, again, like this is this is a huge, rich world, just like the other ones that we we mentioned. There's lots of good stories there. And I hope maybe they take some cues from Star Wars, because here you're seeing you know, in the past, you know, six years, they're starting to break off of the OG trilogy and deviate in new directions, which is really great and 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 uh, adds to the universe. So I hope I hope the Harry Potter world does that because Fantastic Beasts is not really <laughs> I don't know. I, I would get a shirt that says Fantastic Beast is not canon. So I'll, <laughs> I'll be that. guy. OK, that's fair. That's fair. And that'd be funny because I think a lot of people would actually agree with you. So most um, people do. And and Harry Potter fans are like they're like there's like a legion of them and they are a passionate bunch, just like the Star Wars and DC and Marvel fans. I mean, it's right up there. So when they're when they're saying that, I mean, I don't know. Harry Potter most definitely needs like an HBO Max series, just like they're given for Amazon with uh, Lord of the Rings. Like, come on, HBO, come on, come on, Warner Brothers, get on that. Let's go. It's their biggest gun, and they're they, they're they're just like not doing anything with it. I mean, they made the Harry Potter world, which is excellent and fabulous, and but the, I don't know, Fantastic Beasts just really isn't enough for me. And I think I've heard a few rumblings. I think they they are doing a TV show, like that came out a while back. Right. But we haven't heard any more about it. So 
hopefully it's it's something good. I mean, you could even write a brand new story. Like, I mean, there's so much you can do. Oh, so much. And you could even have Courtney talk to Courtney about this. She would agree with that. Like, there's so much rich history and storytelling here. Mm-hmm. Sure is. And I want the Tom Riddle backstory in an HBO Max series. Oh, yeah. That would write itself. It Absolutely. Would. It would. Perfect. Um, not to end the podcast on a sour note, but you want to talk about the Eternals trailer or not? Nah? <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, that was that wasn't that interesting enough for me to remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. I, I just Once. the only interesting thing I remember from it is somebody, one of them, were asking the other one. Eternal was asking the other Eternal, like, "Why didn't you help out with Thanos?" And um, like the explanation was like the something only see it's i i forget i forget it was that lackluster to me like someone told us to only get involved when a deviant or a divergent or something like that is involved so that was their reasoning to not get involved in like a world ending fiasco which seems kind of fucking weird but hey the eternals hooray it doesn't even seem like a marvel movie to me it really didn't. I'm like, what am I watching? If, if you didn't put, like, Marvel's The Eternals in it, and you just said The Eternals, like, you wouldn't even think it's a Marvel movie. Like, it doesn't, it didn't grab me at all. It really didn't. Like, I, I have no excitement to see this movie. At least with Shang-Chi, or Shang-Chi, I believe, uh, the uh, correct pronunciation, I hope Whoops. that I got that right. Um it looks at least a little bit like a Marvel movie. I mean, it's diversion. It's different. I mean, they're, it's kind of like they talk about it as like the love letter to Bruce Lee, I believe. But then, you know, you see Wong in the trailer. You see Abomination like that and, and like a big ass dragon. You see like, you, you know, some cool fight fighting scenes. So that looks that looks like a Mar- the Marvel formula. I mean, it's good that they're trying things out that are different because they need it because they don't want to go stale, of course. Um but I don't know. The Eternals, to me, like... And I remember people, some people, some hardcore Marvel fans were telling me, it's like, oh, that's good. The Eternals is going to blow people away. And I'm like... No, it's not. I mean, you got Game of Thrones, uh, you know, like, quality Game of Thrones actors in there. You got two of them. I, I, and I'm a big Game of Thrones series fan. I, I'm not, I'm not biting. Just not. I mean, if it came out this weekend, I would probably forget about it. That's <laughs> my level of excitement about it. So well, it's coming out November so yeah. 5th. It's coming out November 5th. <clears throat> I'll actually be at the Grand Floridian before getting on a Disney cruise. So I know for ha- for unless it's on the Disney cruise, I'll watch it for free on the Disney cruise. <laughs> but outside of that, I'm not I'm not rushing to do it. That that picks you up at the Grand Floridian. No, we ju- we're just staying at the Grand Floridian before oh. we we go on the cruise. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if he like. Well, yeah, w- where would it pick you up that? But I don't know if they like drove you there. I don't know what. No, whatever. no, it but could. That... It could. They have a shuttle from Walt Disney World to Port Canaveral, so we we actually might end up doing that. Well, uh, just make sure not to get eaten by one of the alligators over there. So. Yeah, apparently that happens. Oh, at the Grand Floridian, yeah. R.I.P. to that little kid. That was that was pretty nuts. That they have the best breakfast. That that character breakfast that we did. What was that called? The Grand Floridian breakfast? No, that was um, nineteen. 
1919 fair or something like that. 19 something fair. My God, I hate myself for not remembering the name, but it was, it was a character breakfast with the Mad Hatter, Alice, uh, Winnie the Pooh, uh, I believe Eeyore or Piglet. Oh no, no Tigger, Tigger, because we Tigger. took a picture with Tigger. Yeah. I remember eating so much at oh that God. buffet. Yeah. I, I feel like I just tried everything and I thought I was going to fucking explode walking out of there. Holy shit. Like, wow. I mean, the food's so damn good. You just eat it. You just, you don't even eat it because you're hungry. You eat it just because it's that good. 1900 Park Fair is what I'm thinking of at the Grand Florida. And that's where we ate. You're 100% correct. That oh, was man. most excellent. So spectacular. So it, it, it was better than the Eternals trailer. I will end it today on that. That the Grand Florida breakfast is better than anything the MCU's ever put out on screen. I'm defiant in my... And, and they didn't even have beignets there, so that's really no. saying something. It is really saying something. God damn it. So, all right. Well, thank you for everybody coming thus far, listening to us, listening on my brand new James Hetfield. Yeah! Microphone. Yeah! Don't try it on me. Um, so, uh, follow us on Instagram, if you dare, at 4th Motherbox and 4th Motherbox Podcast Group. Um, Thank you for listening, for following along thus far. We'll be back and better than ever the following week. And Kyle, leave us with some words of wisdom, good sir. Well, again, we didn't really talk about... I don't think Titans has any good one-liners, but I will say this in light of today's discussion. If you are a person that ever that wears a helmet, know that moving forward, because of people like Amber Heard, Make sure you always check your helmet before putting on, because you never know when you might find a big turd in it. <laughs>